The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. Interesting people, relatable stories, relevant, topical. This is 630 Chad Afternoons with Jaylen Nye. Hey, Chadville. Happy Wednesday to you. I hope you're having a great day so far. Another beautiful day um, across the region. The The drive home last night, yeah, not too bad. This morning, a little bit uh, more sketchy as that snow fell last night and iced things up. Saw a number of people um, out my neck of the woods uh, trying to get through four-way stops and the tires were just spinning and spinning and spinning and then um, a, a pretty nasty accident. Uh, a couple of cars in the ditch uh, looked like someone slipped and smucked someone else head on. I uh, hope you made it uh, safely and hope that drive home is good as well. We'll keep you updated right here on 630 Ched uh, throughout the afternoon. Of course, you can get a hold of me anytime on the text line, the new text line at the Mighty Ched at 780-496-0063. It is the phone number, of course, uh, right here as well. Uh, 420 today, uh, your word of the day for the Join the Team um, contest that we've got uh, going on. Your chance to get in on that uh, Oilers team photograph, plus so much more, including lunch with with management. You'll hang out with uh, Stoffer and Jack Michaels. You'll you'll uh, be interviewed by our pal Reed Wilkins as well on the pregame show. So that's at 4.20. You don't want to miss that. Always lots of things to check out on the contest page at 630ched.com. On the show today, boy, oh boy, uh, trying to keep up with everything that is is happening. We'll check in with Reggie Cicchini uh, in Washington. We'll get the latest on uh, the impeachment inquiry today, some bombshell testimony um, from from the uh, Ambassador uh, Gordon Sondland today. He was on Capitol Hill. So uh, pretty much throwing everybody under the bus. He did today. So we'll hear from Reggie about that. We'll talk about um, some... Some advancements in cancer research uh, being done right here at the University of Alberta. Researchers have discovered a class of drugs they say could have major impacts on treatment for cancer patients. Uh, So you'll want to you'll want to hear that. Prince Andrew, uh, that uh, that story today, stepping down from public duties for the foreseeable future. All of this um, related to his connections with Jeffrey Epstein, of course, who killed himself in a U.S. prison prison in August uh, while awaiting his own sex trafficking case. Um, Prince Andrew denying allegations that he had sex with a 17-year-old girl procured by Epstein. So boy, oh boy, uh, so much going on this afternoon. We'll talk about the transit overhaul. And of course, we have been waiting uh, for this after weeks of speculation. It has taken uh, weeks since that uh, federal election. Justin Trudeau's cabinet ministers have been sworn in at Hall. The incoming cabinet consists of 36 ministers, two more than before, and, you know, not surprisingly, has a gender parity. Uh, a few key ministers are not moving from their post, including Crown Indigenous Relations Minister Carolyn Bennett, Finance Minister Bill Morneau, and Defence Minister Harjeet Sajjan. Others are taking on big portfolios, including Christia Freeland, who becomes Deputy Prime Minister and Minister of Inter- Intergovernmental Affairs. I will truly and faithfully, and to the best of my skill and knowledge, 
knowledge, execute the powers and trusts reposed in me as Deputy Prime Minister and Minister of Governmental Affairs. So help me God. So as mentioned, the cabinet sees many familiar faces remaining around the table, but in new positions, while several new members have been brought up to bat. Here's Abigail Beeman. The cabinet grows from 34 to 36, with seven new faces at the table and a number of new titles. Among the biggest shakeups, Christian Freeland moves from foreign affairs to intergovernmental affairs and deputy prime minister. She's replaced by Francois-Philippe Champagne. Bill Blair heads public safety. Jonathan Wilkinson becomes environment minister. Bill Morneau remains at finance. As for regional representation, Jim Carr is tasked with the prairies and Pablo Rodriguez becomes Quebec lieutenant in addition to being government house leader. Abigail Beeman, Global News. So we, as you just heard from Abigail uh, Beeman, uh, Winnipeg MP Jim Carr, who had been um, the Minister of International Trade, uh, will be taking on a new role, this role of uh, special representative to the Prairies. As you know, the Conservatives did not win. Um, I'm sorry, the Liberals did not win a seat in uh, in Alberta and Saskatchewan. Uh, not one Liberal MP uh, in, in the two provinces. So he's going to be ta- tasked with trying to make that work and I'm curious to know what you think about uh, think about it I, I think he's got a big job ahead of him we know that there's a lot of discontent here in Alberta and in Saskatchewan so it's going to be interesting to see how he tackles that one um, he as mentioned has been uh, he had been Minister of International Trade he is battling cancer right now uh, as well and there were questions whether or not he would even be um, you know put in a position because of that illness so uh, as well, a quarter of uh, the posts are going to Quebec MPs. And, and listen to this one. There is, go- there is a new role. Um, Mo- Mona Fortier is a new addition to Cabinet. She will now be the Minister for Middle Class Prosperity. Minister for Middle Class Prosperity. I don't even know what that means. What, that, what does that entail? So that's going to be interesting uh, to see there. So Francois-Philippe Champagne, a previously Minister of Infrastructure, um, gets what appears to be the largest promotion of the bunch, taking over Christia Freeland's role of Minister of Foreign Affairs. Uh, Bill Blair, he was the former Border Security and Organized Crime Minister, takes on um, the new role, uh, well, a new role for him as Minister of Public Affairs. He's going to be taking on that task um, of... Shepherding in the Liberals' promised gun reforms, the gun reforms, which will be interesting to see how that shakes down out here on the, uh, in, in Alberta as well, uh, including that ban on assault rifles and working with the municipalities uh, who, who want to ban handguns. So Bill Blair doing that. Catherine McKenna, who had been uh, the Environment and Climate Change Minister... She'd been uh, obviously very vocal about the abuse and harassment she's been receiving over the recent years linked to her work on that file. She becomes Minister of Infrastructure and Communities. We'll see where that goes, especially on that pipeline front. David uh, Lametti returns as Minister of Justice and Attorney General. And this will be fascinating to watch as well because we know that that SNC-Lavalin case is still there and he has not ruled out giving a deferred prosecution agreement to SNC-Lavalin. Of course, we know all the controversy and the scandal surrounding that over the past number of months and leading into 
the federal election. So uh, let's take a break here at 2.13. We'll talk with someone who can analyze this a whole lot better, Dr. Stuart Press from Simon Fraser University. He's a political science lecturer. Uh, what do the new uh, appointments in the federal government cabinet mean and what can we expect from the MPs? And again, I want to get his opinion on that uh, special representative to the West, Winnipeg MP Jim Carr. That's after this. So, as we were talking about after week, uh, weeks of speculation, Justin Trudeau's cabinet ministers have been sworn in at Rideau Hall. Uh, the cabinet consists of 36 ministers, not including uh, Justin Trudeau. That's two more than before, has gender parity. About a quarter of the posts are going to Quebec MPs. Uh, what do the new appointments in the federal government uh, mean? What can we expect? We're joined by Dr. Stuart Prest, a political scientist from Simon Fraser University. Dr. Prest, Welcome. Oh, welcome. Hold on just one second here. Uh, let's just switch this over here. There we go. We have the right button. Dr. Press, welcome to the show. You're welcome. Hey, you gotta Thank love, you. Good to be here. You got to love technology sometimes. Um, your, your, first, uh, your first thoughts uh, uh, when, you, when you look at this today, it took a while wanting to achieve gender parity, you know, representation from across the country. Difficult to do, of course, in Alberta and Saskatchewan. Your thoughts? Well, I think it's, uh, it, it has sent a, a pretty clear signal where the, the focus of this government is, is going to be. And uh, at the center of that, I think, is... Uh, uh, Christian Freeland. So the idea of her becoming a, a deputy prime minister, where there wasn't previously anyone in, uh, in that position in the last parliament, and the fact that she is moving from a fairly high-profile position of foreign affairs to what is often a, a lower uh, prestige position in intergovernmental affairs. I think what is actually happening here is the sort of the the. Um, she is bringing her own gravitas. She's a, a clear heavyweight for this government, and the fact that she is going to that portfolio is, is a signal that that portfolio is going to matter. I think, I think of her sort of as becoming the chief diplomat for the federation in this new government. A deputy prime minister role. Um, when is the last time we we've had that position in government? So we, uh, it, it comes and goes. It seems. I believe the last time we we saw one was uh, 2006, and under the uh, uh, the Martin government, and mm. we never saw any. Uh, anyone fill that post uh, during the, the conservative mandates. Uh, your thoughts on, on her impact, uh, looking back, her impact on the foreign affairs role over the past uh, years. I've been, I've been reading today and a lot of folks saying that, you know, her thumbprint is going to be on that for years to come. Oh, I think that that's uh, quite right. So she was... Uh, handed one of the most, perhaps the most delicate, difficult uh, files of the, the last parliament, which was renegotiating NAFTA in uh, a period of international uncertainty and a changing relationship with our, our neighbor to the south. And, and so the fact that she was able to get uh, a deal done, and we're, we're still uh, watching it work its way through uh, legislatures, but uh, the fact that there, were, there was an agreement reached and, and Canada bent but didn't really break in the negotiation, that uh, has uh, re-solidified Canada's relationship with the United States, and uh, it also put Canada on a, a, a clear uh, path with regard to Russia, that Canada was not going to be overly conciliatory with regard to uh, the new, uh, newly aggressive uh, Russia. And so we've seen a number of areas where she was... Um, really planting a flag for Canadian foreign policy, but at the same time, she uh, um, 
the Canada as a whole, it seems like we were often reactive with regard to some other files, like uh, our relationship with with China. And mm-hmm. Canada's now playing catch up uh, catch up on on uh, those issues, and and that's something that the the incoming foreign minister is going to have to deal with. Doctor Press, we know that uh, that the federal government uh, needs to tread, I think, uh, carefully when it comes to dealing with the West, uh, Alberta, and Saskatchewan. Uh, the Liberals not getting an MP um, uh, elected in here. We've seen Winnipeg MP Jim. Carr been named a special representative to the West. What do you think that looks like moving forward? And um, I know he's he's not well right now. He is ill. Um, what do you think? Yeah. What do you think that this looks like going forward for him? Well, I think uh, so. Uh, Mr. Carr is, is going to be a, a one piece of that uh, puzzle. But uh, we're we're getting a sense that this may be a, uh, something like a whole of government effort here, where it's not going to be any single minister responsible for. Uh, uh, effectively trying to to create uh, links between the Liberal Party uh, and this government and uh, uh, Alberta and Saskatchewan and parts of Manitoba and the interior of BC, all of which just seemed uh, completely disconnected from this Liberal government. And so we're going to see uh, Mr. Card uh, playing a role here, but we're also going to see uh, Ms. Freeland. She has connections to Alberta. Uh, the incoming Environment Minister uh, Jonathan Wilkinson here in uh, from North Vancouver. He uh, grew up and his early experiences in government were in Saskatchewan. So it's I think the government is really trying to triangulate around Alberta and Saskatchewan to try to find different ways to create links, even without direct representation. The move of uh, Jonathan Wilkinson uh, to Environment uh, Ministry, uh, taking over from Catherine McKenna. Um, we expect, of course, you know, climate change to be a, a major focus uh, with this Liberal government. Were you were you surprised to see McKenna moved out of that? I mean, we we've heard her being very vocal about the harassment that she um, you know dealt with while in that portfolio and the, some of the challenges uh, in there. How do you think that uh, the approach will be different between the two of them? Well, I think it's it's clear that it was a, a difficult portfolio for, for Ms. McKenna, and she was a lightning rod for, for criticism, and some of it was policy-based, and, and some of it was, was quite personal, and I think it was a, a difficult uh, position for, for anyone to be in, and I think uh, four years might have been enough for, for one person to, to play that role, and I think with uh, Mr. Wilkinson, he has some experience in, in industry, he has some executive background. Uh, I would not be surprised if he tries to strike a, a more conciliatory uh, tone. He is a supporter of the Trans Mountain Pipeline, Pipeline Project, and uh, while still uh, uh, following through on the, the liberal commitment to things like uh, a carbon tax, uh, will be. I think he'll be trying to find ways to, to reach out to Alberta and Saskatchewan, and and to try to make it clear that the environmental policy is not meant to be a challenge to the economy, but uh, they're trying to continue that liberal message that uh, this government can can walk and chew gum at the same time and, <laughs> and take care of the environment and the economy. And Dr. Stuart Breast. A press joining me this afternoon as I continue to pick pick your brain on this one today. Bill Morneau remains as Minister of Finance. Um, you know, keeping uh, keeping that position, you know, uh, solid, steady. I'm guessing was uh, was important to the Prime Minister. Um, uh, surprising, not surprising to you that he he remains there. No, I think that uh, was to be expected. Yeah. So he had some, uh, there's some controversy around his own uh, private holdings and the tra- yes. transition to government, but he has more or less written those out. And uh, I think he has 
the, the trust of, of, of folks in Bay Street in Toronto. And so anywhere you can maintain stability in uh, what is clearly a dynamic and fluid and unstable uh, time for the country is, I think it's uh, good for the Liberal Party and probably good for the country as well. There's a, a certain amount of uh, continuity there. Uh, reading that about one quarter of the posts uh, going to Quebec MPs, uh, some people texting in on my text line right now, not too happy uh, about that. Your thoughts there? Well, this uh, the Liberal government, they in one sense they have to work with the uh, the MPs they have, yeah. and so they they have a strong representation out of Quebec and uh, Quebec voices. They do need to be around that cabinet table as well, and so I think this this government is really in this sort of fractious moment in Canadian history is, is looking for ways to, to, to reach out in the areas that they, they don't have representation, but also to to uh, ensure that they don't neglect the areas of the country where they enjoy support. So we see representation from Metro Vancouver and we see representation from, from Quebec. And so that's, um, it's a really delicate uh, balancing act here. And there's, I mean, we wait and see whether it's a success, successful one, but I don't think they have the choice to ignore Quebec. They have to uh, ensure that those concerns are heard. What do you think that middle-class prosperity minister is all about? (laughs) Well, it's an interesting uh, development. We'll have to wait and see (laughs) what form it takes because... uh, there are uh, many ways in which different aspects of government already deal with the middle class. I mean, ta- tax policy is about the middle class. Health policy is about the middle class. Uh, uh, the middle class, generally speaking, does not lack for attention in uh, Canadian politics. Uh, it, it's the, how we define the middle class may vary from mm-hmm. one party to the next, but we're almost always talking about the middle class. And so it may be this is just a way to uh, coordinate government efforts uh, on that uh, that particular file, given that so much of the election was fought around uh, uh, issues of affordability for the middle class and, and for people aspiring to reach it, as we heard again and again. Uh, so that's, I, I wouldn't be surprised if, if it's a coordinating role for government. Uh, this is a a period where we see a number of files like uh, middle-class politics, but also like the environment. They stretch across government, and so it may prove useful to have someone coordinating those responses, not unlike how in the United States we sometimes hear about czars of this or that policy. It might be a similar kind of idea. Uh, Yesterday we were talking with uh, some folks from uh, Dying with uh, Dignity, talking about, um, you know, their their pressure on the the Liberal government to change um, some of the rules around medically assisted death they were hoping they were talking about david lametti staying uh in that role of a justice minister and attorney general he is i think one of the things that people will be watching is how he's going to move forward on that snc file oh absolutely there was uh, 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 just a a constant sort of uh, dribble of blood <laughs> from the Liberal Party on that that file for the better part of uh, three months at least, and it came back again during the election. And so, what the Liberals do with regard to SNC and with regard to the larger structures of how to handle the uh, the office of the uh, uh, prosecution, independent prosecution, and the uh, um, how to ensure that that. Uh, 
sort of wall between the work of the Minister of Justice, uh, Mr. Lamenti as Minister of Justice, and Mr. Lamenti as uh, uh, the uh, uh, Attorney General. Uh, are they able to uh, make sure that, that that wall is respected and perhaps restored after uh, the, all the questioning around SNC-Lavalin and Ms. Wilson-Raybould's uh, time in, in that position? So there's going to be a huge amount of scrutiny, and uh, at this point it seems like there's very little upside and, and tremendous downside for the Liberals if they um, if they are seen to be too close to, to SNC-Lavalin, and particularly if they find a way to to uh, let that uh, the corporation uh, off the hook easily, and uh, at least in English-speaking Canada. It's a different story in Quebec. I'm pretty much out of time, but I wanted to ask you this before I before we wrap things up here. As, we get, as this government gets down to business here in the next couple of weeks, what are you going to be watching about how things are going to unfold on the Hill? Well, we're going to have to watch to see uh, what, I mean, what kind of tone is struck and yeah. tone uh, within the Liberal government and, and reaching out to work with the other parties because this is a Liberal government that is chastened and uh, it seems like they are starting to, to, to figure that out. So it's a different tone than was struck in the uh, the uh, speech from uh, Mr. Joe on election night. We're, they, they're going to have to find uh, issues that they can work with the NDP or work with the Bloc or potentially even the Conservatives. There mm-hmm. are areas of overlap between those, uh, those parties. They're going to have to find ways to uh, work together with uh, different uh, parties and, and different actors across the country, and it's not going to be easy. So we'll have to watch that play out. Dr. Press, I appreciate your time this afternoon. Always a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you so much for a full list of the new cabinet ministers. Check out 630chad.com.